0: So we are going to um, I want to talk about a couple of things um, in terms of this service tonight for us. So it's, a, it's such a different night for us for so many reasons, um, one being that you know, the majority of our church family isn't here. Which is so weird for me at Christmas, right? It's so strange, it's so different to not, you know, see everybody and be with you. But I know so many of them are watching online, Um, and so uh, we've we've heard from so many uh, to be able to talk to. But um, tonight, I want to I want to talk a little bit um, before we get into the word about this year for us. Um, It's you know, it's it's an interesting service because three years ago was when we launched the church. Um, and it's so, um, it's so, you know, different for us to look back on every single year, because every single year has certain things that you accomplish, you experience, you do. Um, and it's, it's really unique to, to be able to go back and do this. And, and so I, w- I want to just share a few things, because I think a lot of people look at this year and say, gosh, this year sucked, um, I just think that's what I think that's what happens, and I think a lot of people look at it this way. And I think for us, it's interesting because I, I want to show you a few things that that happened this year, just just in terms of the church, um, that I think is really incredible. And I think it's incredible that we're going to be able to look back on 2020 because for many many years, people are going to talk about what 2020 was. Right? I mean, people are going to talk about what was lost, what was challenging, what was all of the things that they experienced. Um, and so I, I want to I recap just a few things before we get into the word about what we've experienced in 2020. Uh, one of the first things that I, I think is important for us to mention is that we transition from a mission church to an active church or <laughs> what I like to say a real church now um, since we were really a fake Church before, um, since we weren't active, but um, but we had a beautiful time here um, to really celebrate that uh, with so many of you, and to be here, and to to mention that, and and I say that because it's a big deal because a lot of church plants. Um, may never make it to that point. Uh, they may not get themselves stable enough where they can be literally an, an, an active an active church. We did, um, we did some crazy stuff, right? We launched the outdoor service this year. Um, and with that, it was funny, I was talking to another pastor yesterday over in Lebanon. And as I was talking to him, we were talking about um, what was going on in his church, what was going on in his family and everything like that. And he was asking some of the stuff that we did. I said, you know, we actually had service at like 8.30 at night for a while. And he was like, 8.30 at night? Like, are you kidding me? Um, And then I was just telling him, I was like, look, man, it was the only time uh, that you could still see the screen during the summer because otherwise it was going to be too early and you couldn't see it. Um, And then I think we moved service times like four more times after that. Um, We raised $45,000 to buy the building. That's amazing, right? I mean, to have to seen that come to pass, just the entire story, you guys know the story with this, but not only did we pay that off, we paid off the only other debt that we had as a church to where we're 100% debt-free. We don't have any debt that's hanging over our head. That's huge. And let me remind you, this happened in 2020, <laughs> right? Like the year of the pandemic, it's incredible. Um, But one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things I would say that we should celebrate is we actually painted the logo on the building. Right? Like, it's actually on there after three years. I had, you don't know how many people in the community actually said to me, they actually said to me, um, what are you doing with the black square? Because the black square was there. Well, like, Beth, we probably did that in, we probably did that. Three months before we even launched a church. So it was well over three years. Anyways, um, we painted that. And then we purchased the Airstream to bring a free food truck to the community. We're planning on having that ready for the spring to be ready to go. Um, Big deal, big deal. Uh, But I wanted to mention this before we get into the word is that this year even despite everything that we've experienced we will have given over $10,000 back to the community still in this year and so as a church we've given over $35,000 back into the community in some way and so to do that to do that in 3 years is a miracle in itself but to see 10 grand of that in the year of the pandemic is incredible and so Yes, we will do that. Um, are you heckling me? I can't figure it out yet, Jesse. Okay, good, good. All right, I'm just making sure. I always get confused because Billy likes to heckle me because every now and then he'll clothesline me. So I'm just making sure. All right, good, good, man. As long as it's love, I, I can handle that. So, so, so tonight, I want to talk to you about. Um, I want to talk to you about recapturing your joy. Okay recapturing your joy. Um, I think this is an important thing to talk about tonight uh, because I I think if a lot of people look at 2020, almost everyone, when I hear them talk about 2020, they usually talk about something in the negative, some sort of bad experience, some sort of thing that happened. And I think it's important for us as a body to recognize that we are intended to live in joy, okay? Okay. Uh, Bethany and I, I'm not kidding you, Bethany and I have quoted this passage probably more times this year than we ever had, and it's Philippians 4.8. And it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Bethany, correct me if I'm wrong. We've said this a lot this year, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We might, like, say, like, the first four words of it, and we get the rest. Like, we're just like, I got it. I got it, you know. We'll say something, you know, when something's not going right, you know, I mean, I I don't know if you guys ever have that in your life, probably not, but when something's not going right, you know, and one person gets aggravated and the other one's not yet, the person who's not aggravated will say, think on these things, and the one who's aggravated will be like, you know. <laughs> And then the other one, you know, when when the other one's upset and the other one's like, think on these things. Um, anyways, we do that kind of stuff a lot. But, um, but, but it, it's incredible to me because we're in this crazy place as a church. It's such a weird place to be because, you know, 2020 has definitely been one of the most difficult years on us as a church. And here's why. Because at the core of who we are as a church, we're a relational church. Okay? relationships are such a huge, important part of who we are as a body. Now, I'll say this, every church should be a relational church. Every church should be like that, okay? But what I'm saying is that all of the things that, we've, that we do as a body to connect, to be together, has been disrupted by being not together, right? <laughs> like like we can't, you know, we talk about the gathering that we would do and we, you know, the community meals and and being in the all those things, right? That hasn't happened. And so it's such a difficult year for us because that's that's our greatest strength as a church, okay? At the same time, it's also one of the greatest years that we've ever had because God had intervened in so many different things. Like he paved away, like I just mentioned them to you earlier. And in all of that, I realized that for many, many people, 2020 became the year that they lost their focus, okay? That they lost their ability to set their eyes like Flint and say that God helps me. They got distracted by every other noise, by every other person, by every other media. You just fill in the blank as much as you want, okay? And what we've done in the church is we have allowed ourselves to get sucked into this drama. like I mean, literally, into the noise, into the complaining, into the whining, into the fear, into the commotion, call it whatever you want, we've allowed ourselves to fall captive to it. And it's easy, because it's so loud. Like I, th- I thought about it like this. Like, if someone was to hit me on the back, okay? if someone was to hit me on the back, I wouldn't even feel it because I'm so strong. No, I'm just kidding. That's not where I was going with that, actually. I just felt like that was necessary to say, just to remind people like Billy. Um, anyways, uh, so if someone was to come up and hit me on the back, okay, I'm probably going to stumble, but I'm not, I'm not going to completely go down, unless it was Billy. I would go straight down, yeah, because it would probably be a chair, um, knowing Billy. But, um, but, but, but what happens, it's not the hit. That disrupts us. It's the repeated hits. And 2020 became a year like that. It was like one thing after another, after another, after another. And what happened is the church convinced itself that it was taking a beating. And so, so many people in the faith, what happened is they found themselves completely overwhelmed. And in this place where they need to recapture their joy because everything else has been a distraction. And so tonight I want to talk about, I want to talk about that process. I want to, I want to, I want to break down some things in the word of God about that because there's no doubt that many of us, us as a church, us as individuals have suffered great loss this year. And I go back to say what I said at the beginning. We need to think on these things. What are they? True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, worthy of praise. Because everyone else enjoys when you're thinking of everything else. Because people want to rob your joy so often. So how do we recapture that joy? I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And as we turn there, I mean, this is, this is going to be a, a very, very familiar passage. This is not going to be foreign to you guys. Um, but in Galatians chapter 5, there is something um, that many of us have heard, many of us have recited, many of us have learned. It's called the fruits of the Spirit. Okay? And the fruits of the Spirit, I believe, seems to be something that so many of us have forgotten about. They've missed out on. They're not experiencing. And so in Galatians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 22. And we'll go through 26. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, listen to this, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Another. Too many in the faith want to say that they live by the Spirit, but it's important that we say what verse 25 says. If we live by the Spirit, then we need to keep in step with the Spirit. Our attitudes, our posture, the things that we do, the way that we react, the way that we carry ourselves, are we doing it in step with the Spirit? Sometimes I believe that we've stepped so far out of bounds It's a sports reference for those of you I don't know sports at all and I was glad to work that in so we've stepped so far out of bounds with our gripes and our moans and our aggravations and our our lack that we want to profess over and over and over and over that how could we expect anyone to see the fruits of the Spirit see I think of it I think of it this way. Um, when I was writing this and I was thinking about this, I was praying about this, I got this, I got this, this memory just slammed to my skull, okay? My neighbor, uh, my neighbor directly behind me, her name is Shelby, okay? Her name is Shelby, and uh, um, we've, got a, uh, we've got this great little relationship where Judah, I think I've told you guys before, Judah runs over there and gives her eggs and stuff like that. And then she usually buys candy for the kids. And so the kids are like, eggs for candy, big winner. Um, so they, they do a lot of that. Um, anyways, she had this beautiful tree in her backyard. It was absolutely stunning. I, I loved the tree. It literally, like, it burned yellow. During seasons, like it was like the brightest, most beautiful, amazing yellow tree ever. And I just, I could remember looking out my kitchen window and just being like, man, that tree is amazing. I mean, it was just, it was glorious. It was everything you ever wanted in a fall tree. It was just the brightest yellow ever. But there was a problem with that tree. And it's because that tree was a ginkgo tree. Okay. Now, some of you are like, oh no, like Kim, I know she's thinking it. But some of you is like, what's a ginkgo tree? What's the big deal about a ginkgo tree? Here's the big deal. The female ginkgo tree, when it sheds its leaves and when it drops its fruit, it smells like raw sewage. I am not kidding you. Dead on raw sewage. Because Bethany and I kept being so puzzled because our chickens are back there. And we were like, oh, man. (laughs) Like, are they always going to smell like this? Because if they smell like this, all the time this is real what have we done like our neighbors are going to hate us and then we finally realized I think Kim actually probably told us like that's that tree that smells so bad you know that right anyways that tree just smelled horrible so this past year I was devastated and relieved that she cut it down it was a beautiful tree it was absolutely beautiful but the smell was so horrible that she couldn't stand to be around it anymore She was sick of it. It had been there probably almost her entire lifetime. Beautiful tree that she cut down. And I think of it this way. From a distance, there are a lot of people who are trying to portray that in their life that they are living according to the Spirit. They will say the right things. They will move at the right moments. They will act and they will do whatever they're supposed to do right in that moment. But when the pressure comes all of a sudden that fruit comes out and it smells like raw sewage. And it's disgusting. And that's like, whew, man. And I, and I think about it this way. When we are, listen, you are producing, this is the way I think about it, and this may not be right, good theology, but I'm just gonna say it. You are producing fruit. Okay? Whether it is, Good fruit, favorable fruit, delicious fruit, or whether it is disgusting fruit, you're producing fruit. And if you, I tell you what, turn with me to Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter one. And if you don't turn there, it's okay because um, Kristen's Johnny on the spot. Even even when we're on live, it's amazing. Um, Colossians chapter one. Verses 9 through 14. I want to start unpacking this a little bit. Verse 9 says this. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Okay? So as to walk in a manner worthy, worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Listen to this. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. I've said it. I said it a little earlier. I'm going to say it again, right? 2020 wasn't intended to be an idle year in the kingdom. God did not look at 2020 and say 2020 is going to be the year that I give all of my children rest and they don't have to try to win anyone to Jesus. They don't have to try to walk this out. They don't have to try to live. They don't have to try to grow in the knowledge of God, right? If if, it, if this was not supposed to be a year where the enemy gained ground, okay? But here's the question. Have we increased in the knowledge of God this year? I believe this is a question for all of us to be thinking about. Have we truly increased in the knowledge of God? Have we remained faithful to his word? Have we been faithful to his ways? Or we have allowed other things to take possession of our affection? Verse 11 says this, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience, with joy. Now I'm going to tell you what I what I thought when I read this scripture. I thought most of the times like it's it's talking about being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for, okay, this is what you're being strengthened for, okay? There's a purpose behind that strengthening. You understand that? Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for what? For all endurance and patience. All endurance and patience. I can tell you that in my life, most of the time that I believe and I think that I need endurance and I need patience aren't usually the best times of my life. <laughs> like when I'm praying for endurance, when I'm praying for patience, there is something that is poking the bear, right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. And I think it's interesting that it's, it's tagged right there on the end with these two simple words, with joy. It's talking about going through endurance and patience with joy. See, we are to be a joyful people. We are supposed to be, listen, our joy, and I I think about this when I think about the fruits of the Spirit. Joy is one of the most, um, I would say, well, I wouldn't say underrated. Um, I would say that it is one of the most evident fruits, Okay, when you think about joy, like when you see someone who's joyful, like okay, Bethany and I, um, uh, we went. uh, I guess that was maybe that was Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Thursday night we went to. um, We we had a special little date. Okay, Um, it was it was about an hour and a half. Um, We both went and we had our wisdom teeth uh, consultation together um it was it was a beautiful time um so um it's kind of an expensive date i'll be quite honest with you so so we went um we went and we met um with the doctors now i'm just gonna tell myself a little bit about my wisdom teeth okay first off i have more teeth wisdom teeth than bethany you guys wouldn't be surprised about that um so more wisdom teeth more wisdom teeth um, so more wisdom teeth than Bethany. I keep saying that out loud around the house too, but, uh, um, but so we, when we, when we get there, um, there's a couple of things. First off, our dentist, uh, told me, and I've been holding him to this for a while when Nakoda was a baby, he looked at me and he said, you need to get those wisdom teeth out. I was like, okay. And he said, uh, he said, but you can wait till your kid gets a wait till your kids get a little older, you know, maybe Judah had just been born. I don't know. It was somewhere right around there. He's like, you can wait till your kids get a little older though. Like get through this phase and everything. So I was like, okay. So we just kept having kids. Cause like every time I'd be like, well, I'm waiting for my kids to get a little older, you know, once my kids finally get a little older. And he finally, I think it was about three years ago that he was like, all right, stop. You really need to go get them taken out. So I was like, okay, I'll go, I'll go get them taken out. So I went for the consultation um, and that's all I went for three years ago. And they were like, Okay, and this is what it'll cost. I, I I paid whatever I had to do for that visit and then I never came again. And so it was funny when Beth and I got there, I was I was I literally walked in and I didn't realize it was the exact same place and I said to Beth, I said, This is actually where I came like I said, I think it was like two or three years ago and the ladies over there like mashing our keyboard. She was like, Three years ago and I was like, Ooh. But can I uh, let me tell you what happened though. Bethany and I we were very joyful through that entire process. At one point, um, it was actually really funny. Um, and it, it, this, is, this is what I think. We should be carrying this kind of joy with us. It was, effect, it was infectious. The ladies at the counter, when we wrapped up, they were laughing so hard. Just from us literally giving them our insurance and me being an idiot, that they literally said, this made our day. Us being stupid, <laughs> right? Being joyful. And we went back and so then we end up and then there's another lady and she had four wisdom teeth so she was very smart too. Um, yes, I found out how many wisdom teeth this lady had. This is this is this is how our life works people. Okay. <laughs> that some lady would actually tell me how many wisdom teeth she had and everything. Anyways, um so so and she's cracking up we're having a good time. Next thing we know the the doctor comes in white lab coat, you know, and it's it's like, "Oh, wait a minute. Uh-huh. This is being a, this is getting serious now, right?" And uh before we know it, I mean, he, we had him, we had him cracking up so so loud because Beth, Beth had asked him a question. Because um, we're just cracking up, we're just we're just being mean to ourselves at this point. And Beth says she said something to the effect, "Is it rare to have side effects?" of whatever it was, like, is it rare to have a lot of these things? Because best, like, reading what she shouldn't do. She's reading all of the horrible things that can happen to you. And she's like, uh ah. um, She's kind of panicking a little bit. So anyway, she's reading all the way through it. But she asked it in a way that it was kind of, like, reversed. So pretty much his answer ended up being, no, it's not rare. These happen all the time. And then I was like, wait, so you're saying? And then he, then he literally, like, starts cracking up laughing. But that whole office was literally filled with joy by the time we left. And I thought about that because it should be like that everywhere we go. Our joy should be infectious. Like people people should experience it and they should they should go, "Man, what? I need to go on a date to the wisdom teeth thing because that that works, man. Like that is working for that couple, right? But but you know, we got to understand that we have to be walking in this joy even when we're needing endurance and we're needing patience. We need to do it with joy. We need to carry ourselves with joy. There are too many Christians this year that have literally just lost their joy. And they've and they've and they've left, yeah, and they've left so many people in a position where they're not seeing the fruits of the Spirit. Verse 12 says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know, thank thank God that he has qualified you to share in in the inheritance of the saints, right? That he has delivered us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his son, Jesus. Like, we read that, and we just we just gloss right over it. We just, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to read my passage for the day. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have the redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Next page. That's what we do. We, we should be completely overwhelmed with joy when we read that. Because, listen, you need to read that again and again and again and again and again. And, again, and you need to get it into your spirit. Because the problem is here, uh, in, this, in this glorious revelation, okay, here we are in this glorious revelation and we're mad because so-and-so did this or so and so or they didn't they didn't have this this at the grocery store or i couldn't find this and and my card happened this and and this person doesn't like me and this blah, blah blah we have allowed all of these other little things to completely consume our joy and the problem is we've made our joy dependent on a thing okay we've made our joy dependent on a thing on a moment on a relationship, on a job, fill in the blank with whatever you want. We have allowed our joy to be dependent on something else when our joy is literally from a life walking in the spirit that allows us to be transferred into the kingdom of King Jesus. Like, like our lack, listen, our lack of commitment and our lack of faithfulness, those two things are the cause of our lack of joy. Because if we remain faithful, if we remain committed, we will experience the joy that is in a life living like that, okay? We blame it on our environment. We blame it on our day. We blame it on the cards that we've been dealt. But we don't, (laughs) listen, but we don't take responsibility for our own fruit. Listen, I've heard it too often that it's someone else's fault that I'm in such a bad condition. It's someone else's fault that I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing. And we cannot be a people that live a life of shifting the blame to everybody else. We need to start taking responsibility for our own fruit. And I say this, I believe that we've reached a point that God is tired of putting of us putting excuses in the place where we are supposed to have victories. I want, I want you to think about that for a minute. There are so many times that we will excuse why we couldn't do something, why we wouldn't do something, or why we didn't do something. And I think all of those excuses, listen, every single one of those places, I believe, could be a place of victory. But we're we're embracing the excuses, we're embracing the lies to believe that that's where our life's going to be that that's the way we're just destined to be this way we're destined to experience this we're destined to be in this place well i'm t- you know people people said well pastor i just I just didn't get a good night's sleep so I just wasn't myself or or you know what I really I really wish I could serve my neighbors but to be quite honest with you I've lived here for 3 years and I kicked their cat last year and so now if I tried to serve them they're going to think I'm a hypocrite and so I'm just I'm just not going to serve them at all right I'll just I'll go serve someone else right you know well I, I really want to be faithful in this area of my life but you know it's been a really tough year and it's difficult and it's hard and you know and and I didn't get a good haircut this week listen there's excuses for everything. And the churches, the churches, listen. We cannot we cannot allow ourselves to miss out on our victories because we're we're just filling them with excuses. See, there are things that you are supposed to conquer, but you're making excuses why you can't address it. And that's that is listen, that is You're robbing yourself. You're robbing yourself of the victory that you're, you're intended to experience, right? I'm telling you this. You've got to make a commitment that is bigger than you. You've got to make a commitment that's bigger than your struggles, than your responsibilities, than your challenges, than whatever it is. And you need to begin to declare that I'm going to live in joy no matter what. You can't allow every little thing to disrupt you. You can't allow every hurt feeling, every wrong note, all of those things to disrupt you to a point that you can't walk in joy. And I'm not talking about walking in joy in a way where it's, a, um, it's an in-your-face kind of thing. See, because I think a lot of people can try to walk in joy, and they're trying to walk in joy just to try to give the perception that they've got it together. Okay? And and that's that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about truly walking in the joy, truly understanding the Spirit, truly being in tune with it, and then truly bearing the fruits of the Spirit. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. Tonight there's a <clears throat> there's a few things I wanna leave you with. And I, like I said, I, I know tonight's a, a different night for us as a church, okay, but I always say that. I say our nights always, always a different night as a church. But I, I want to say this, okay? I want to say that we have a responsibility to live in joy. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to carry. That's what we're supposed to do, okay?